0: The What Happens in Vegas podcast is hosted by Dr. Stephanie Canestrero, who is a functional medicine practitioner and owner of the Vegas Clinic. Through each episode, Dr. Stephanie will share her wealth of knowledge and insights from being in the functional medicine industry for more than 10 years. Through solo and guest episodes, the What Happens in Vegas podcast will break down the fundamentals of how our bodies function and tangible ways to maintain a healthy mind, body, and soul. She will welcome experts from around the world to discuss gut health, high performance, biohacking, longevity, and so much more. Listen in each week to learn and leave empowered with tangible knowledge to enhance and live your best life.
1: I noticed just a super increase in my quality of life. Like just my, just overall function, way better, energetic function, focus, mood, like everything was lifted. Just raised the whole bar in my life
2: what do you like talking about the most?
1: Like lately, my passion has been all about sort of liver health and stuff and doing things to improve liver health and also just to help your body detoxify. Especially, you know, I've started liver flushing just over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And in a year, I've done about nine of them. And like, which flush are you doing? So have you heard of the Andrea Smoritz flush or the Hulda Clark flush, the one with the olive oil and lemon juice and stuff?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we yeah. are doing?
1: Yeah. So Do you I've get done, like the
2: stone things coming out?
1: Yeah, huge, huge stones. So massive, basically like, like cholesterol stones and, mm-hmm. and bile stones. They're not, you know, they wouldn't show up on an ultrasound because they're not fully calcified. Yep. So... That's when like a conventional doc would say, you know, you're, you're it's clear, fine. your gallbladder doesn't have any stones, but yeah. it's actually just that they're not fully calcified yet. And usually that's kind of like, you almost too late at that point. Yeah, I know. But for me, like I got into health because, you know, I spent basically like 10, like 15 years, just like partying super, super mm-hmm. hard and drinking a lot and mm-hmm. staying up all night. And like, you know, I do not think I missed a weekend. Of binge drinking in like 10 years so when I was like 24 I just kind of started to hit a wall and from like feeling like super immortal in my like early like late teens early 20s feeling like I could literally get away with murder like you know physically (laughs) and I could just do anything in my body I would always recover just always have energy literally like be surprised myself like how, how is this possible and then you know eventually I just hit a wall mm-hmm. and um I just started thinking I was losing my hair and all this stuff and I had no energy and felt like crap all the time I was like literally falling asleep in my job like yeah during the day and um I just kind of used the internet because that's what I knew how to do as like a early 90s kid like I kind of had an idea of what a doctor might say to me, where they present you with like a fork in the road. They're like, well, you can take this drug or, you know, you can go back home and say everything's okay. And um, I decided that that just wasn't enough for me. And so I just hopped on the internet and kind of started searching right from the very surface level of, of what you get when you start searching health, which is kind of back in and at that time at least it was you'd find the vegan community you'd find like plant-based stuff and where it really landed was like the raw vegan fruitarian community and the juicing really like the juicing fad and it was super duper strong uh at that time about eight years ago so i found this guy the life regenerator dan mcdonald on youtube and he would just make juices Uh, and record himself and he would just give motivational speeches for like an hour each video and he would just rant about taking your health back into your you know into your own hands taking full responsibility for your health and it was just these were just concepts that you know I wasn't I hadn't fully been introduced to yet I I was like kind of new but like oh you could eat healthy you know Mm -hmm. in, in a very surface level uh definition of what that might mean but I didn't, I never heard someone say like, you know, you can reverse any disease, you can reverse, you know, aging, you can feel amazing at any age, like, based on what you put into yourself and the things that you avoid as well. And so over the next couple of years, I, you know, I bought a juicer and I became vegan and was like, almost like raw vegan, basically, just went super hard on juicing, intermittent fasting, water fasting, juice fasting, fasting. And a lot of things that were potentially helping me detoxify and you know shed the the skin of of my previous years, but you know eventually, after a few years of that, it led to low thyroid function, yeah, which presented in you know I was always freezing cold, so cold hands, cold feet kind of like energetically and behaviorally became more effeminate and you know I wasn't as as vital and and as you know masculine as I
2: yeah
1: as I should have been or as you know as I not
2: enough protein (laughs) yeah exactly among other things I know
1: yeah but it really comes down to what I've learned you know about amino acids and stuff being building blocks for neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. and uh so that was really important you know it I'm not mad at all. I'm, I'm really glad that I went through that, that period and, and really stripped everything down. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I did get like pretty underweight. I was like 115 pounds at one point, like hundred. Yeah. Um, I'm a small guy, but still that was, uh,
2: that's like skinny. Yeah. It was very skinny.
1: (laughs) And it wasn't until I saw a photo of myself, like, uh, Was traveling in Asia and I saw a photo of myself with my shirt off and I was like, wow, I'm literally skin and bones. Mm -hmm. And uh that was kind of what started uh the transition. And then I eventually found uh Dr. Ray Pete, if you've heard of him. Yeah. His line of work. And then luckily I slowly started adding in basically like one extra meal at a time because I was on this restricted eating window for like three or four years. Mm -hmm. And also on a super low calorie diet i mean i must have been eating easily under 2000 calories every day wow. <laughs> like no matter what
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um just eating like mm-hmm. only plant foods like no like minimal oils not very processed so i was like really low calorie mm-hmm. foods in general and um so i started adding in one meal at a time and I started with just a hot chocolate before bed. It was the first thing I started with yeah. real di- dairy milk. Oh, nice! And um, and even before that, you know, before my vegan era, I wasn't really drinking milk. I never really liked milk as a kid, so I like probably been super calcium deficient for a long time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was never big into anything dairy; just didn't like it that much. So, um, adding in calcium to my diet, like a gram a day was a huge change that I started. And then, you know, eventually as my metabolism slowly started to uh, get a little bit faster and, and upregulate, then I added in breakfast and I hadn't eaten breakfast in years, not even once probably. And so I think what happens to a lot of people when they switch from sort of like this, that restrictive dieting to, you know, a more quote unquote metabolic approach is Mm -hmm they do everything all at once. And then a lot of, and this happens to women, especially they balloon up and they gain anyway. like 15, 30 mm-hmm. pounds in, you know, three to six months. Yeah. And they're like, well, what happened to me? And, uh, I think for me, it was just like, <laughs> I was, I was almost like scared of, of such nutrient dense foods. Cause I'd been avoiding them for so long and avoiding animal foods. So it, it just so happened that I, Only wanted to add when one one thing at a time or one Mm -hmm. meal at a time, but it really helped me to uh, graduate my metabolism back to the point where it could actually handle uh, processing, you know, higher amounts of carbohydrates, all the you know adding in protein as well, and and being able to handle both of those at the same time, and uh, just taking in a, a lot more nutrient dense foods, and you know, I've been doing that for probably four or five years now and you know I can basically eat almost whatever I want, you know, to the point of of satiety and stuff and not have to be too obviously I really stay away from like high poof of foods. I never eat like french fries or anything like that or yeah. fried foods. but like you know eating good food, I can basically eat as much of it as I want and my weight just totally regulates itself and my body just kind of you know everything runs smoothly and something that I've really that's really helped me along that that journey um, has been improving my liver health which Mm
2: -hmm.
1: we touched on earlier but doing the liver flushes over the past year at first I noticed actually you know I can kind of go into the whole story of it because it's been such a a great learning experience for me and a crucial part you know in my health improvement journey mm-hmm. so after the first uh, liver flush it wasn't that productive i got like you know tiny pebbles basically that came out of me and they're kind of like green peas mm-hmm. but after about two or three weeks i started to notice this really intense pressure in my liver area and, and gallbladder and it was almost like like pushing out of my ribs to the point of like pure discomfort but you know there was like a point where I, I couldn't actually do anything about it for for a few days or for a week I was like going from Mexico back to Canada and I had like a wedding but then I, when I was finally able to do that the second flush all that pressure was obviously some stones that had moved forward or and moved around in my gallbladder or in my liver ducts and what happened was I got this huge release of like golf balls like big green golf ball sized stones Mm -hmm. and they were just massive and and when those came out of me it was like a huge relief a lot of the pressure went down and then after the next three or four flushes uh i basically started having reoccurring symptoms that i had had in my early teens and stuff like a certain like lower back pain that i used to get Mm -hmm. and like a neck thing that I also used to get. And I think that basically what happens is that you're as you start to detoxify these, uh, you know, like your body will put in, yeah, bile that your body stores toxins in bile to get rid of it and stuff. But I think when, you know, when you're harming your body constantly, like I was basically your body just puts it away and, you know, eventually the symptoms. You might have them for a while. They might get suppressed, but your body basically stores it away, and that's what these stones are—is like this formation of bile and stuff with toxins that have just been basically suppressed in your body. And as you start to release those and get rid of them, you kind of start to have the reoccurring symptoms that that pass through you as you as you get rid of everything, and and that's what happened to me. Um, and then I k- just kept going with the process. And after about, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, after each one, I started to feel sort of an increasing, uh, like a compounding effect in my vitality, like an increasing in my health every time. It, you know, all this, the symptoms went away. And then I just started to actually climb the ladder of health improvement. You know, I started to feel like I was getting more out of my supplements and stuff. Um, just cause the liver being able to process them better, less bloating after eating food, like, especially with fat foods, just being able to digest them better, better transit time, just feeling like my, my body is just able to regulate itself much better. Um, and having like greater appetite, just like a greater vitality and, and lust for life. So yeah, I'm like a huge huge fan of of the liver flushing process and I think it's you know it can be used in combination with like all these other health modalities, supplements, diet mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It kind of be used in combination to provide like a really awesome like path to to like greater health.
2: Yeah, and you were kind of already on your journey. The problem I see sometimes and you'll probably agree with me is when people just go into a liver flush and they're really, really toxic and they're not Mm -hmm. like specifically ready for it. I mean, you just got like the fullness, but some people it can stir up a whole bunch. So, you know, getting things like moving a little bit more gently, cleaning up your diet a little bit more before you kind of dive into that, because it sounds like where you were in your journey, you had, you know, cleaned up significantly and so Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like that's some mistakes i see with with liver cleanse and like that was what scared me with them like i did one a flush but i was not ready and i like had the worst kind of reaction but once i got past it i still felt better right like and Mm -hmm. now like i use them all the time but like with sicker people we like slowly get them there with like the athletes we work with i mean they're usually can handle them fairly well, but you'll be surprised even with them. Like it's, you know, when you're explaining your story, you, you hit that 25 and like, we're working with them from when they're like 18, like pro like, and they're already toxic, right? Like Mm -hmm. no one teaches us how to like purge or clean our bodies. Like people think athletes have this great diet and they don't. And their livers, if you look at every athlete's blood work, which we look at it twice a year like their like liver enzymes are elevated in general, just from the amount of wear and tear on their body. Like, you know, so a liver flush for them is like, so helpful. And like, if they should do it, like we do, like after each season, like flush the liver, kill parasites, you know, bind, bind, bind kind of thing. Right. That's kind of wow. like, and like, we're seeing these amazing results. And like, I mean, my liver, I had non-alcoholic fatty liver in my 20s and it always is like that kind of point where you're talking about like we all were in this society we're drinking so much as normal like we're mm-hmm. I went to western like you know, oh yeah we are like yep. so like I mean and obviously and people's livers are blocked now more than ever like I'm seeing that like in it's insane like how bad just with all the toxic load like that we have on a daily basis right like we all need to flush our livers or support our livers in, in some way or work up to where we can handle like a good flush and then you know build on it like you're saying you can't just like do it once and then think that that that's that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean beyond being on the lifetime of of cereal and industrial food oh, and yeah. you know, wonder bread and Nutella and, yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> and
1: and McDonald's and and all the fast food. It's like beyond that, it's like you know, we've been consuming through our skin and and through our, you know, ingesting through our nose and stuff like the laundry detergent through our nose and skin, the dish, you know, the dish soap, the residue that's been all on every glassware and plate we've ever eaten from in our life. It's like a
2: homeopathic (laughs) of the top those like Chemicals that are in there every day is what we're getting. Is yeah, what we the got Lysol, the to.
1: Windex, like all the environmental uh, pollutants we've been exposed to our entire lives. Right, And our livers, had to basically take the forefront of that. And yeah. so, you know, I like what you said though, because I, obviously I don't work with people, like I'm not a practitioner, and so yeah, I only am sharing my own story and how it relates to to me. But I, I guess, I always talk about how I was was vegan and super juicing and stuff and and I've been in the the health world for like four or five years before I started uh the liver flushing so that's a good caveat that you added because for me you know I just wouldn't think to always say that because I don't have that experience with other people but yeah it can certainly when people are extremely toxic it can be a really rocky road at the beginning and and that rocky road can last for a while. I mean, I've had friends that have done a and 200 flushes and, you know, they've reversed chronic illnesses, like chronic fatigue syndrome, basically unable to get out of bed for months at a time. Mm-hmm. And now these people are healthy and vital and doing really well, but, uh, you know, they had like a year or a year plus where they were just basically in agony while doing detox and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. And, you know, I think that it's, it's really hard when you're in there. It's extremely difficult and you'll want to quit. You'll want to take drugs to suppress the symptoms and Mm -hmm. you want to do it, you know, anything to make it stop basically. But, you know, we always have to remind ourselves that symptoms are, you know, the body's way of healing and like, it's, yeah, so we, we really have to kind of like stick through it and try not to suppress things and always try to push through, but yeah. yeah and we that... kind
2: of help people push through with like lots of the stuff that you have to support them, like with your company, is it life blued or blood? Like, how do you say it?
1: <laughs> life blood. You just yeah. uh spelled it with a U. Yeah.
2: I like it, but it kind of says blue in there too. Um, but you know and binders and stuff and i know you follow like ray Pete stuff and i saw you had like mito life stuff on there so i know he, that he uses like shilajit a lot right have you ever mm-hmm. used that
1: yeah yeah i think chilogit's not only a good source of uh, trace minerals but also the carbon in there mm-hmm. can be basically act like a binder
2: yeah um, have, have you have you ever used like humic and fulvics like from other companies or have you done all like Shilajit as far as like for binders?
1: Yeah, mostly Shilajit. I haven't, I have, I think I've only tried one product as a humic and fulvic mixture, one or two, but mostly Shilajit. And, um, you know, something that I've been getting into recently is just adding an entire teaspoon of, of sea salt, like Mm a you know, like just a real sea salt. That's not just sodium chloride, like, you know, trace minerals and everything, um, into every liter of water that I drink. And that's been a pretty interesting thing for me because, you know, I've, I've always salted my food pretty well, but adding a whole teaspoon of salt into your, into a liter of water, it's like, it's quite a lot of salt. It's about, you know, like five grams of salt plus, plus salting my food and stuff. But I've just been basically, it's like a blood rebuilding process that I've been doing. And, you know, taking in a liter of that per day, it helps you not only replenish your electrolytes and stuff, but also the trace minerals in there. And that's how you can help detox heavy metals, right? is through the mineral metal displacement. So. You know, as much as everyone's
2: metals are, we test them higher than ever. And like aluminum is on the rise. And so then you need silica and other things to like lower it. So getting your minerals and your trace minerals is more important than ever from what we're seeing as well.
1: Yeah. Cause I like to talk about detox, but I also always talk about it in also with the context of like nourishment as well. Mm -hmm. So there's like a yin yang Uh, approach that i like to kind of like follow where you're doing detox but also you have to re-nutrify like re-nourish your body at the same time so you know to detox heavy metals a lot of the time you can just take in the right minerals the right metals like magnesium to to detox cadmium and arsenic and lead and stuff and and all the trace minerals you know they will actually displace the heavy metals over time just like you said silica with aluminum and stuff mm-hmm. so it's good not to lose sight of either like uh I find anytime there's a conversation about one or the other people really tunnel vision but I yeah. try to always bring them into the same uh, conversation because that's so important
2: and your livers while you're flushing they need extra minerals too so we're always supporting definitely the mineral status and, and everyone's been historically scared of, you know, salt because everyone's like salt, high blood pressure, like, and, you know, in our world, like one of the main causes of high blood pressure is low magnesium and, you know, it's like all Mm -hmm. about balance. Right. And I mean, there's multiple other reasons, but, um, you know, it's just such a, I mean, obviously I don't suggest iodized table salt, which you're saying sea salts, you, you know, we, mm-hmm. we know, we know better than that because that can definitely spike some stuff, but I think we got too scared of salt. And then now we have problems with, yeah, like a lot of the, the micronutrients. Um, but you have, so what, like, what made you start this company? Like where in your, like, um, in this process of going from, you know, cleaning out your body, vegan to like slowly you know kind of repeat kind of stuff did you find did you start off with methylene blue as your first product or what was i had
1: i had three products at first but basically i started because you know i'd been in kind of the superfoods and supplements and all that kind of world for a long time just as a as a passenger and a consumer and stuff and um I found a few problems like you know one being in Canada is kind of tough to find really good products that were like not only high quality but also just clean clean ingredients and stuff and uh I found that I was always buying stuff from the states and like paying conversion fees and customs and stuff and even then I wasn't super duper happy with all the the products and stuff so at one point I guess I just kind of decided to take things into my own hands because I didn't really see any other option at the time, at least. And when was it?
2: When did you start this company?
1: Well, I actually, only launched in January of 2021. And for about six months or so before that, I was trying to figure out, have you, have you heard of magnesium bicarbonate?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I was trying to figure out a way that's to basically... one you have to
2: make with the carbonated water and add the powder yeah all that. exactly
1: yeah so I was trying to figure out a way to make that pre-made um, or have some sort of manufacturing process that allowed to make that in large batches so that it could be bottled and sold and stuff because I was taking magnesium bicarbonate for about a year or six months and you know I found such a profound benefit from taking it and just being consistent with it you know, after six months, I just, I was found, I had like a increased ability to think and see the world. Like things were just, I don't know if there's, you know, has something to do with not being calcified, like from Mm -hmm. magnesium opposing calcification, but even metaphorically, it was like, Mm -hmm. it was like a calcium had been lifted from, you know, from my eyes and my brain's eyes and stuff. And, um, so I found, you know, like a really, a really great benefit from taking the magnesium bicarbonate. So I tried to figure out how to, how to do that in, in a way that could be bottled and sold. And I just basically realized after six months of trying that it wasn't possible just because of the way you have to make it with the carbonation and shaking it and has to be sealed and stuff. There's no way to do that. So I just eventually said, okay, the next best thing is that I provide people with the pure powder so that they can make it themselves and that was my first product It's called Balance. Um, and now we have a bit of p- potassium bicarbonate and sodium bicarbonate in there just to balance sure. out. Mm-hmm. And then I also had methylene blue. And that was something that I was taking for about eight months to a year or so. And before I started the company and I also had an extreme benefit from that. And it wasn't till actually I ran out of the bottle I was using that I realized I was like, wow, you know, when I was taking methylene blue, or at least, you know, my experience with it in the past six, eight months, I noticed just an super increase in my quality of life. Like Mm -hmm. just my just overall function, way better energetic function, focus, mood, like everything was lifted, just raised the whole bar in my life. And it wasn't until I like, didn't have the bottle anymore that I kind of realized that And so I started researching it more and more. And I was like, okay, there's got to be a caveat to this product. And I started researching the safety of it. And, you know, it's been around since 1876 and just extremely amazing safety profile. Um, And so that was my second product. I I was just like, I have to, you know, I have to share this with people. It's so good. And it's just so effective
2: to people like that don't know
1: yeah so it's actually the first ever uh synthetic medicine that was that was produced and used um so it stems back to 1876 where it was first used as a like a dyeing, like a staining agent in biological tissue so this uh this scientist paul ehrlich would use it to try to stain uh, tissue to look for infections and stuff and what he found while he was using it was basically that it was healing the infected tissue. Okay. And so it kind of went from this, uh, this like mechanistic tool they were using in while they were studying other stuff to now it became sort of the, like the the main medicine that, that be- they started studying. And over time they found that it was like a, basically a cure for malaria and they used it all throughout the world war. And then they kept studying it and realizing that it was having amazing effects on the cognitive side of things. So they were like healing people with uh, psychotic disorders and having amazing effects with schizophrenic patients and depressed people. And so they would find like amazing results in those types of clinical studies. And then, you know, over the years, at least now recently, it's been kind of used as a, a nootropic and a, a cognitive enhancer and people mm-hmm. using it in low doses, kind of like, like mm-hmm. my customers and stuff using, you know, one, two, five milligrams at a time, just as a, a cognitive enhancer and a, and a nootropic. But, what it does basically is, you know, it when oxygen is inhibited, when when the body can't uptake oxygen in the cell, methylene blue is actually used as an alternative electron donor. So oxygen is an electron donor and it helps your body basically flow electricity through your cells and things like pesticides, like all the environmental pollutants we were talking about before, all the, the Lysol, the windex and all that stuff that stuff usually acts as a it blocks the electron transport chain in the cell so the poisons basically shut down uh respiration cell respiration where oxygen is is not able to be used anymore methylene blue basically subs in for oxygen when that happens and it is able to totally bypass the the poison and it reinvigorates the energetic process of the cells. So you're basically reinvigorating the oxygen use and the energy production in your cells that have been poisoned and inhibited, you know, from that process over time. So I think that's why it has such a amazing benefit for a lot of people and why they kind of feel like physically and mentally reawakened when they take it. A lot of people do it's because that, you know, the chronic low dose poisoning that we've been basically subject to over so many years, it's, uh, it's kind of having like a reverse effect on that.
2: Yeah. It has like anti-anxiety for some people. Have you ever had anyone like tell you about, because there's the whole serotonin syndrome theory that I don't I I don't know if that's Mm an actual thing that you've ever seen because there's always that kind of thing that people talk about with like even five HTP and this and that. Meanwhile, you know, they'll give like an anti, you know, SSRI, but anyway. Um, but have you seen anything like that? So I haven't, so I'm just wondering if you've ever. Yeah.
1: So usually, um, methylene blue doesn't inhibit mao until like you are doing really high doses Mm -hmm. and here's where the so there's two different there's like a broken telephone uh Mm -hmm. sort of situation happening because our side of things are using really low dose methylene blue typically one milligram two milligram five ten like in that in that zone and clinical
2: things like so like
1: is like exactly like one milligram per kilogram body weight. So like uh-huh. 50 plus, uh-huh. and sometimes it's like two or three. Uh-huh. So 50, 100, etc. really big doses. And in hospital settings, it's approved for certain poisonings. So like cyanide poisoning, uh, septic shock, um, UTIs and stuff. So in those cases, you know, you could use it as like an antivenom and stuff like that. In those cases, uh, carbon monoxide as well. So it's a, it's a good first aid tool in that situation, high dose. But so you have like this, uh, this sort of voice coming from the clinical side being like, watch out for SSRI, watch out for, for MAO and stuff. Um, but, but they're actually speaking from the context of this high dosing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when, when that sort of like, you know, when that comes to us, we're like, oh, is this a problem? But people have to realize they're talking about a way different dose. They're talking about 25, 50 times the amount that you're taking mm-hmm. um, where that usually even isn't a concern, but it in some people it can be. Yeah. But what I have noticed is that one in every so many hundred people will have like a, a very, like an acute serotonin response where they tend to be like, really sensitive to almost anything that increases serotonin. And Mm -hmm. I think there's either some sort of biological context that they have going on. Maybe there's some enzyme issues, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, something happening. But sometimes people will take like one drop and they'll have like a headache or like get nausea or, you know, dizziness or something. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a sign where they have some sort of context going on where they're extremely sensitive to anything that may raise serotonin. But like I said, that's one in maybe yeah. like a thousand people that I speak to. So it yeah. seems uncommon, but it. So does I happen. have it.
2: I have a different like theory behind like the, the low dose when you're trying to dose them up, and then people. It's almost like a die off, and that creates like the same symptoms as the serotonin because you mentioned like people are like, you know, they're inundated with stealth infections based on even toxic load and everything. Right. So once Mm -hmm. you give like the mitochondria like a little taste or of like you said, they're, they're used to low it, like running on this really low oxygen, and they're like, almost at a tipping point where they're going to turn into like chronic disease or something's going to turn on. And then, you know, you give them that little bit of help and it almost like just stirs stuff up, but it doesn't like kill enough or something. So it's like, like we're often left with like, do we just kind of dose them a little bit higher with something right then to like, and then like pulse it, like help them get through the next two days or three days with some binders, some liver support and all of that. So that like, because like, so it's like, but then sometimes people do really well with that, like low dose that you slowly kind of increase. So I, I, what I've seen, and I I wrote a whole kind of series on like, is it anxiety or is it toxicity? Right. Cause if someone right. has like what they think is like a serotonin syndrome, it's like this severe anxiety. And right. I, and what I'm seeing is that's like a toxin overload. The lymphatic system can't keep up with clearing out what got killed or what got rid of. And then it, and then the body goes into a fight or flight response. And so we've been able to counteract that using like higher dose binders, castor oil in the livers, like stuff to like mm-hmm. get the liver flushing, make them poop, you know, if they're not getting it all out. Right. And, you know, we can kind of counteract that or get past that, but we're, we're playing around with that. But we see that not just with methylene blue with, with anything that is like a herb that's like targeted at killing a pathogen or, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of like that same, like where they, and they're sensitive to everything. Yes. Especially when you just like stir it up a little, So anyways, that's just my two cents from working with people who are sick and being really sick myself, like twice in my life. Right. That's how I kind of got into this field and like got really frustrated because like, you know, I had done all this stuff. I was doing liver cleanses and I was doing parasite cleanses and like this whole kind of toxic load still came upon me. And I literally had the last two years and where I've, you know, learned so much from being so sick again, but being sick at a time where I actually was already in the field of like functional medicine, bioregulatory medicine, um, Mm -hmm. and like starting to feel every symptom and understand like, Oh, that's what that patient was telling me about back then. You know, like where, like you had the new little lessons and I had that with methylene blue. So I was like shaky and jittery the first time. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And like, but I knew, I knew what to do. Like I took binders. I got red light on my body. I like, you know, I did all the things to neutralize my nervous system and then got brave enough to like try it again but i went straight for like 10 drops instead of one drop and then i got like this calming effect instead and you know was able to kind of build from there and start to get more comfortable using it but so my experience has guided a lot of like my theories um which i mean i think that everyone should at least use their suffering to like get some sort of good out of it. And so mm-hmm. that's what I've seen, but that's what I've seen with numerous things that aren't just methylene blue that kind of do that, right? Like they're they're lowering your chronic or even oxygen. We were using liquid oxygen and people would have severe die off just taking oxygen, right? Because they're and I've had people do an oxygen bath and have severe die off because their cells are not used to having it. And so the cells go, okay, I can dump this toxin now because it was mm-hmm. holding on to everything. So just like I don't know. That's my kind of experience with with those kind of symptoms, especially at like that low dose.
1: I'm glad that you said that because you know, well, one it makes me think of uh, what Repeat always used to say, or he the way that he used to talk about serotonin. Right? Is he would basically explain it in a way that you have something, you know, it's being produced in your gut because of either food that's rotting, basically or you have something moving through your gut that's a, that is a toxin. Mm -hmm. And so that produces the, you know, so-called serotonin syndrome, but it's actually, like you said, you're starting to actually dump or move something through that's toxic. And now you're getting that whole experience of the serotonin increase and all the symptoms that come along with it. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'm just hesitant to tell people that and, and say that because that's why I'm glad you said it because like, You know, people get, obviously I own a company and I, I make money by selling these products. So Mm -hmm. there people will, you know, talk about, you know, you're, oh, you're gaslighting people or, Mm
2: -hmm. you know, if
1: you tell them that it's die off, like there's kind of like a stigma around us saying stuff like that, even though it may be true. And Mm -hmm. and I tend to believe that it is true.
2: I mean, I've seen it to be true. Like, and and like, I use everything pretty non-biased at first. I'm not like like collecting income when I first start, I tried it on myself. I said, "Listen, I tried this mm-hmm. on myself. I seem to see some sort of benefit." Like, here's a here's what I used, but I don't I don't have any sort of like affiliation. But then I'll create the affiliation after I start seeing positive changes. And I tested out my theory because essentially that's what we're doing in medicine and and how like not not even medicine. I don't even, but you know, we're we're always just yeah. testing theories, right? And and as long as they're safe and there's like um you know there's support that those things have those then then you know you try it out on people and you start to create your own your own kind of hypothesis or plan for people that seems to work so when i first started using methylene blue and even now i'm not i plan on starting an affiliate with you but i'm not making any money off of methylene blue at this this mm-hmm. moment but what i see is i see i see potential and i see positive changes with people that i'm using it with And I like that your products are clean because that's a big thing when it comes to products is like we're always wanting to source ones that people are really anal about, you know, the purity of the product because you you don't want to have one bad thing coming into the system based on the good thing that you want because then they can counter counteract. So quality is always like really important to us as well. So, yeah, I know that you guys are really tight. I was kind of
1: that customer. So I just Made a brand as if I was that customer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so every product I made was was formulated with that in mind, where it was like I'm the one who wants it to be the most pure because I'm also the consumer of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these big companies, I would imagine the owners aren't even taking the products, right? Like a lot yeah. of these big companies, they have like hundreds and hundreds of products. and yeah it's just so far removed from the end user where it's like, why would the owner put, you know, he should, but th- they probably don't care about the actual health of the consumers. Like mm-hmm. it's just for them, It gets it's far just removed,
2: Especially like, but a lot of these things even start off like with great intentions and then they're bought by a bigger company and then they just lose and all of that. Gone. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's 100%. happening. It's happening a lot. And I don't blame the small company for, you know, trying to make an impact and then making their like, I don't even Mm -hmm. see it like, you know, anyways, but I think that that should be important to the consumer. And then you should always like look at, you know, who's the owner of the company as well at the end of the day. Like I know a lot of great companies that get bought by not great people and their products start to dwindle and we start to see that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You got to even keep researching if that does happen to your products. Um, I saw that, was that, is it your, are you starting like the clean home stuff too? Are those your products or is that just something you're supporting?
1: No, that's me. I've been working on that for a a while. We're starting a a new store called the Healthy Home Shop. Mm -hmm. And it actually started with, I was basically been developing these uh, lights, like ceiling lights Mm -hmm. that are, because obviously, you know, we have the issue with the blue lights and Mm -hmm us not wanting blue light exposure especially at night but a lot of us still want to live in a home that's like stylish and doesn't look ridiculous and stuff Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the biohackers their houses look like kind of like chicken coops with like the (laughs) red you know um so I'd basically been working on a solution for that for a long time and I eventually um we developed these pot lights like ceiling lights um Mm -hmm that are recessed that can go in the ceiling that have three switches that can be switched you know just by turning your light on and off at the wall where we have like a daytime setting and then sort of like a middle ground afternoon uh warm light setting and then a third setting which emits no blue light at all um and it's like a very warm like fiery type Mm -hmm. glow like almost like a campfire yeah and so and, and they're also flicker free. So like those are the main problems with LED lights mm-hmm. and like just the lighting that we have available to our houses. So basically made a solution for that, uh, which we're going to be launching in the next couple months. But we're also going to have a soap line. So natural organic soaps. We have like sure. foaming hand soap castile soap body mm-hmm. wash mm-hmm. and uh, bar soaps and we also have baby products that are just unscented and they have shea butter mm-hmm. so just super clean like again same concept as lifeblood just super clean label products all natural uh you know we have organic coconut oil and and uh yo and olive oil as the base so mm-hmm. there's not even like when you go to Dr. Bronner's and stuff, they're using like hemp oil and stuff. So it's like the high PUFA oils, mm-hmm. seed oils that they're using with their soaps. So we're going a step above that and um nice. creating a whole line of soaps based on that. And yeah, it's we're hoping to be launching in the next couple of weeks. But yeah,
2: I just saw that. So I wanted to mention it because <laughs> like I was just traveling and you know, I got really sick. I've been way better. But like the mm-hmm. one thing now that just like still gets me, like I laid in this hotel on or like it was like an Airbnb on one of the sheets and like the detergent smell like literally killed me like I started getting symptoms back and I'm like how do people not notice this like they don't even notice how toxic they are because their toxin bucket won't even like like register that because they were like and it's like honestly like in their everyday life like these people washing and using like simple things that you can change like the detergent that you're using and like often for not that huge of a difference in price although it's obviously higher quality is going to be more expensive you can often use less like but it doesn't even it doesn't even cross triangulate to like what it does like slowly like just deteriorating your health right like i i tell people i'm like just like let me be the canary for you i'm like telling you this is like (laughs) toxic because one of it was my friend's house and i'm like listen she's like what supplements should i take i'm like forget about forget about supplements right now i'm like change what you're washing your clothes with. And like, yeah. you know, it's like, I've never even like smelled that pungent of a, so and you're
1: huffing the fumes all day long. All right? day it's coming long. From it's your shirt. so
2: strong. Like
1: all night when you sleep on your pillowcase, your sheets, you're huffing I, these fumes of,
2: I had to cover everything with, thank God <laughs> I, I travel with one of those like uh blankets that like block some of the bad electricity and i had like put it over at least the pillow i was like shivering because i wasn't covered up because i was like oh wow just like because i react really badly like that's the one thing that i still have to like, desensitize is like these chemicals and like i know that's still my my liver by the way when you can't really detox those chemicals but i mm-hmm. you know i got like just inundated all at once And, you know, had to work backwards because it changes your immune system and everything. So I was never that sensitive to anything until 2021 when all this stuff turned on. But it's, it's just anyways, I'm just like, you know, and people don't even notice it. And then those like Glade plugins, like or like. I get into Ubers and they have like that Uber comfort. I wish you could pick like no scent. Like it's Mm -hmm. like, they're just blowing these toxins at me and I'm like going to faint like in the, in the backseat. So we need these clean things and people need to start detoxing their homes, but light is a huge thing. And I just did a whole um, big conference with the, one of my mentors. And I mean, I was already using like light there because light, can help heal you right like Mm -hmm. different spectrums of light different colors of light will kill certain things whatever so and and you know your circadian rhythm people don't even know how much it's being affected by blue light but blue light which you were talking about and even overhead blue light is worse at like once the sun goes down because you're just simulating the release of cortisol because it's a like it's our body thinks it's daytime and it's supposed to be functioning so if people didn't understand like why blue light above is bad, then, then that's why. So these solutions that people like yourself are coming up with, I mean, they just help us like without, you know, that big of a change of your daily life, like just a flick of a switch, you know, can, can really help impact. Yeah. yeah, Your sleep, your overall health, your, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you
1: recognize all that. And I feel like super resonate with a lot of the stuff that you say and, You're, yeah, you're definitely on point with a lot of the stuff that I've been researching and and figuring it out over the past years.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw like when I like asked for you to be on on the podcast. It's like I look at like the things that you curated, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this person is on the same (laughs) wavelength as me, and I feel like we're also both in Toronto and both Italian. Are you fully Italian? (laughs) I'm only half. Yeah.
1: oh yeah no i'm full i'm full italian
2: my dad's italian but my mom took on the italian culture she's scottish they're both like first generation here but um she's she's called nonna she's not it's amazing <laughs> she's a scottish she has like a it's a light scottish accent now but it's hilarious because her all of her uh grandkids call her um nonna
1: What's funny is my uh, grandfather was born in Glasgow, actually. Really? Yeah. My mom, they, too. Their family moved from somewhere outside Rome to to Scotland for a bit. Oh. And he he so he was actually born in Glasgow and they owned a gelato shop in,
2: wow. in Glasgow. Actually, yeah. I was just in Italy and I saw like we went to this like eighth generation like butcher um, mm-hmm. lunch that was amazing, like in, in somewhere in Tuscany. And. The owner or the guy running it, I hear him talking as it's like thick Scottish accent. And then he turns on his like perfect Italian. And so he's the one that owns this (laughs) shop now. (laughs) And and I didn't realize how many Scottish people were in Italy and vice versa. But yeah, I felt better in Europe, too. So that just shows like how toxic we are here. Like I could cope with things. I could drink their wine. Like, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. not saying drinking is good, but like I to enjoy something like to have that metabolic flexibility again to me is Huge because even before everything turned on, which was one of my signs or symptoms, like I couldn't handle that extra like histamine or toxic load just from a glass of red wine. My heart would start like racing a little bit. Like I'd feel terrible the next day, like with one glass and like, Mm -hmm. you know, so our, our quality of stuff here, you know, I think we have like they have 80 less chemicals that are allowed to be used like on food or in the environment, like in most of Europe and like even some places in Europe, like, um, i know denmark like all their produce is 100 percent organic now wow they don't it's impressive yeah it's crazy and then yeah like they have banned like the really bad ones that are still used in north america like i mean we're the only countries in north america are still using glyphosate like wow yeah it's wild
1: yeah it just seems like the, the corporations here are just more they're powerful. so unregulated yeah they're more powerful and
2: I don't know. It's it, crazy.
1: They're allowed to do basically whatever they want and it's all for profit. And and we're the ones who lose out in the end. But I guess yeah. it's good that we know about all this stuff so that we yeah. can at least try and help people navigate. And that's Yeah. Ignorance
2: what... is not bliss. Because <laughs> Once you tip over the edge and you have any of the symptoms and you just go to your regular conventional thing and you're just, you know, and they're just like, Oh, it's a normal part of aging or whatever the, line that you're kind of fed or or something really scary right everyone's always terrified and even when we go over results i'm like nothing is meant to scare you it's just meant to empower you like because there's ways to like there's always a way but so how do you guys
1: test heavy metals sorry i'm asking you a question now (laughs) no that's fine
2: we we've been doing uh something called the oligo scan but then we were matching it we were matching it with like um like we kind of stir up the body with some chelators and tested it with urine and blood we've been trying to compare and like the oligo scans doing really well was showing us exactly without having to do all of that so we've been using that and aluminum cool. is through through the roof cadmium's through the roof lately we've been seeing some weird ones like tin um but you know
1: do you there's use htma as well
2: yeah yeah the hair okay. hair mineral we still do that especially when we're comparing old ones but um yeah. and they're and they're like they give you a different story sometimes based on because one of them is like impregnated in the tissue and one of them's what's getting out of your body, right? So the ones like in so, the So
1: which which is which? I, I was always I never really fully understood the logic of when the HTMA gurus talk is like is the is the hair mineral is that within the tissue or is that an explanation like a you well, know well the
2: body is kicking it out, but so you'll see even an htma change based on when you're detoxing someone more will be in the hair
1: okay because sometimes they talk about it as if it's like your tissue like this is reflective of a tissue level like the metals that are within your tissues i know know, but then if you really study
2: if you really study htma they're like this isn't truly an issue because like this could be an emotional issue and you have a calcium shell and you have you know so it's like I don't think Mm -hmm. any of them are a perfect science, but I'll say what we're seeing now with the oligo scan and then using that as what we're detoxing and building up, we're having good results with people's symptoms changing, including my own, like I was super high in aluminum and super low in silica. Um, But my other minerals, because I was working on minerals so much by the time I did the oligo scan, Mm -hmm. like, you know. But I mean, I could go, I would have to talk forever about all the stuff that I did and went through and what I found out because it was really, it was really crazy. Like, cause have you ever heard of neural therapy? No. So it's when they inject procaine into like uh, interference fields in the body. So like scars or whatever, but procaine is like the natural version of lidocaine, marcaine. And so it causes a release of stuff. So when I did my like blood metals, cause we did a live blood cell or dark field microscopy. And the guy who he does them eight hours a day, that's what he looks at. He goes, I've never seen this much metal in someone's body. And I felt really crappy after this injection. Cause it had released a lot of these like hidden toxins where the body holds on to them. And even as I was getting better, wasn't really letting them go because that's the next layer of like health and healing. Um, and so he's like, I, we have to test like what's in your blood. And like, He's like, this amount of metals would usually like kill someone. (laughs) Like He was like, this is insane. So it was after that, that I started going down the metal thing. Cause I was always like metal. I don't think metals is my issue. Like, I think it's parasite. (laughs) You know, we all have like this thing of like, or it's just my liver, but like what bogs up your liver. So, and anyways, all of these stealth infections even use metals to like make their biofilm. And like, when you break down stuff, it releases. But anyway, so we did my urine, we did my blood, we did my oligo skin and we did my, I don't know. Um. Actually, my hair one was a while ago because I kind of stopped doing those. Um, but they all kind of like showed the same picture of what was the biggest problem. Some of them were skewed in different things, but like okay. the aluminum was crazy. So I but, don't know if that. So helps there you. was
1: like uh, some common ground. You know, yeah, you can yeah. use them to compa- compare. And...
2: Yeah. So. Cool. So I I'll report back as I because I'm starting mm-hmm. to use it again. Then I just start to do it on everyone. And then I start to look at patterns. Um, but since we're talking about minerals now, and you were talking about really quickly, because like the calcification and, you know, how you felt clearer on the magnesium bicarbonate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's crazy that two of your products, I don't even know if on purpose, but like all of the dysregulation that's helping happening to our calcium channels via all of the new frequencies that we're getting exposed to. hmm. I was downtown Las Vegas when all my stuff turned on and I have a very, very strong hypothesis that the, the 5g plus that they have, which is actually like even a stronger direct wave because my calcium was almost like at a kill you level, like, and like high. Um, and so, you know, there's a, an effect on the voltage gated calcium channels that makes calcium influx into the cell, the cell gets damaged, calcium leaks, your body has to do something with the calcium. So anything for anyone, cause we're all getting exposed to these new frequencies that helps to regulate calcium or get oxygen to the cell that we can deal with all these free radicals that are formed because calcium is really the tightest regulated mineral in our body. And the fact that I'm seeing it crazy in all these athletes in myself, in a lot of, you know, people that I've never seen before right yeah like it should be
1: outside the cell and not inside the cell essentially it's like when it's in the cell is like this the stress that is like the you know the stress response
2: a hundred percent it's a severe stress response so you know um, methylene blue in the um The bicarbonate or the magnesium, I know you tried to do the bicarbonate, bicarbonate's great, but it's really annoying to make for sure. So, Mm -hmm. you know, any solutions that people can do right now to regulate calcium, not only will help with their anxiety feeling, their toxic load, their liver, right? Because everything's calcifying and then you get sluggish bile and then you need even more liver. Like, so we're all getting exposed to a new frequency. We're being microwaved. So we just have to do things to counterbalance them, right? And these are yeah. two that I think are very powerful at helping for that. So that's my, opinion. yeah, I
1: think that's why I kind of have two magnesium products. Cause I've basically seen the value in it and I've seen how important it is for us today. I've seen it firsthand and with others. And so, you know, yeah, cause it's you, like, have you have topical
2: and you have internal and you have, right.
1: Yeah. Well, I have the, I have the balance for, to make bicarbonate. And I also have uh, a product called mag plus, which is yeah. uh glycinate and torate, And so, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, get it in in whichever way you can, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I like bicarbonate the best, but I will often take both in one day and... Mm -hmm you know, I just find that don't you have a topical valuable. one too,
2: or, or that's not your no. own product, but it's something else that was, it isn't on your site. No.
1: Oh, maybe on my uh, recommended page. Um, oh yeah.
2: Yeah. That's what it is.
1: Fat skin magnesium cream. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I do, I do like the two different pathways too, at the same time of getting it into the body. Um, but yeah, anything else that you wanted to talk about that we missed? Because, I mean, I think that was a great conversation already.
1: Yeah not in particular. I mean, we covered a lot of, you know, really important yeah. ground, I think, and and a good baseline. I really like, you know, the way you talk about binders and stuff, because I think it's really important for people to know when they have reactions, you know, specific reactions, especially when they're either getting sick or they're feeling extremely toxic in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you probably have a really increased need for binders and then to like open up you know the detox pathways and like mainly like open up your bowels right whether that's mm-hmm. an enema or a salt flush like a tablespoon of salt in, out. in water and and chug it and you'll be running to the bathroom or
2: um mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know i use herbs like uh Tescar sagrada and like mm-hmm. those kind of herbs mm-hmm. or uh, oxy powder is a really good one from oh yeah Gold, we use Gold that beginning. yeah so i think it's really important just for people to to have that sort of you know, that tool or, or that awareness where like, when you start to feel a reaction or, or something like any type of illness really is like, mm-hmm. start binding and eliminating. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. super important.
2: I agree. So I mean, my clinics called the Vegas clinic, because the Vegas nerve, I felt like was hijacked when I got sick years ago. And then again, recently, um, mm-hmm. and like the huge gut brain connection. So I mean, the vagus nerve is something I talk about a lot, but I also wanted to mention that methylene blue supports the vagus nerve and helps lowers infection that these stealth infections that can actually inundate the neural fibers of the vagus nerve.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. See, so people- the vagus nerve is is actually not something that I've really like studied or, or gone into mm-hmm. and I've never focused on it much. So uh, I can definitely learn a lot from you. And I think that's that's really something i could uh yeah look into
2: we're we're here to learn from each other no (laughs) one knows everything that's for sure so everyone Mm -hmm. needs to uh also sometimes these big people that are like you know they've got stuck in their ways and then their ego is too much in it and they're they don't let the other new information in i think that's one of the most important things and i was definitely humbled with my own experiences so um Yeah, amazing. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for your time and your products and you know, sharing your story because I think that a lot of people that listen and that I work with can relate with that. And I think that age that you mentioned that everything kind of started to take a turn. A lot of people feel that, that kind of Mm -hmm. quarter century thing. Like it's like a real thing. So the earlier and younger people that are listening, I mean, just you know, start getting interested in being healthy before you feel sick that's my closing words.
1: Awesome. Yeah. It was a great chat. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the, what happens in Vegas podcast to help support the show. Please leave us a rating and review. Also head to VegasClinic.com. that's V a G U S clinic.com to check out free resources, how to work with us and more.